Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It is Thursday, October the 19th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Thursday slate. It's a massive one, uh, and we will see this pretty much every Thursday throughout the course of the season. We've got 12 NHL games on tap tonight uh, and looking forward to talking about those uh, just quickly because we've got our guest Jordan Henry joining us uh, in a little bit uh, and we want to get to the games just quickly on last night. It was a great performance from the Ottawa Senators, one that I enjoyed. Alex enjoyed it. We made the uh, strong case for Ottawa uh, on the show yesterday uh, and whether you add them first period puck line, whether you add them minus one or minus one and a half or in regulation or the team total, which was my best bet on the show yesterday. You cast your ticket. Uh, pretty good win for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And man, this offense is impressive. When you see what they've got now and what a return to the lineup for Josh Norris, two goals in his return for the Senators last night. What a way to return to the uh, lineup with a great performance. You see the way Brady Kachuk is playing. You see the way the blue line is moving the puck from defense to offense. I mean, the zone exits are clean. They're crisp. They're quick. They're catching the opposing team defensively off balance. Uh, it's been impressive to see the way the Ottawa Senators have started uh, this season. Uh, and I'm, I'm frustrated I only got to this after the show, which is why I made sure to post it on X uh, about Jake Sanderson the defenseman for the Ottawa Senators moving up to the um, number one power play unit on the blue line. Uh, and also the fact he had a goal and two assists in the first three games. And I saw that. And then the fact that he uh, DJ Smith has him on the number one power play unit for the Senators. I said, I've got to look at these props of his tonight. And sure enough, I found plus 700 for him to score a goal. And sure enough, he scores a goal late in the game. Uh, he was plus 150 to get an assist that also cashed. Uh, I also took a shot with the power play point prop. That's the one that fell short. But still, Jake Sanderson props. This guy is unbelievable right now. And he's actually justifying and then some of the money he got uh, in the offseason from the uh, Ottawa Senators. Just a very impressive player. Uh, offensively, he's getting better, as you saw last night. And defensively, the play he made to snuff out a chance. He didn't go fishing for the puck with his stick. He took the man, took separated the player from the puck, and that is how it's done uh, at the NHL level as far as defending. Uh, I keep being extremely impressed with uh, Jake Sanderson's game, uh, and he was just spectacular again last night for Ottawa. Uh, speaking of spectacular, we've got what we think is probably another spectacular guest joining us here uh, on the show. We've got Jordan Henry with us, a longtime pro hockey player, AHL, ECHL for many, many years, probably a decade or maybe even more than that that he played Jordan, welcome to the Ice Guys show. How are you? I'm doing good, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, good to see you. Uh, before we um, we always do this with the uh, guests that join us for the first time, give us the quick Jordan Henry career synopsis and rundown, if you will, the journey and the path in your hockey days. Oh, no, that's uh, if you check my hockey DB, there's a lot of teams listed on there. So I don't know if it's going to be quick, <laughs> but um, no, I grew up in small town, Alberta. Um, I played out there until I uh, left to play four years in the hockey league. Um, from there, I signed with um, the Florida Panthers entry-level contract and played three years in their farm system. 
I went to uh, Russia, Dynamo Minsk for one year. I came back, signed with the Calgary Flames, played a, a year split between um, Abbotsford and Chicago Hockey League there. Uh, bounced around a little bit, did Sweden, Finland, and uh, a few more stops, and then a couple stops in, in the coast, totaling up 13 years pro, so all over the place. But now I'm settled here uh, GTA. All right, GTA, and actually uh, into sports betting as well these days, uh, Jordan, as well. Uh, currently in his uh, post-hockey uh, uh, days. Uh, we actually were looking for a clip to play because we always do this with our guests, Jordan. We play the uh, clip of uh, something from their uh, playing days, uh, and we thought you were involved in this massive brawl with Rockford and Chicago uh, the uh, several years ago. It was about a decade ago, but you were at with Oklahoma City uh, at the uh, time. So we thought we were going to play that at one point, uh, but we realized, no, Jordan was not on those rosters that particular season. So would you, uh, did, were you personally involved in any like line brawls or bench clearing brawls or anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah, there was a few for sure. Um, you know, being a, a guy that came into the league when, you know, fighting was still a, a big thing, obviously, through and everything like that. And to my early American League days, there were some tough, tough teams in Syracuse, yeah. Binghamton and places like that, right? With, you know, the names you always kind of hear circled around, you know, John Morasti and Jeremy Yablonski that right so you know they love to mix it up and those teams were were real physical and tough so you know there was always incidents with uh with them and you know that's that was kind of par for the course in that that time of the the game and now it's it's kind of phased out even towards the end of my career fighting was, was way way down so you know, it's it's kind of transitioned but there was definitely some incidents when i for sure yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, I want to say we, we think that we're worried about the future of fighting. We all are. And Alex and I are proponents of we want it in the sport. We need it in the sport. It belongs in the sport still, regardless of what the naysayers say. And I get it. People are worried that, you know, someone gets knocked down, their head hits the ice, and then the CTE conversation starts again. I get all that. But you also need policemen on the ice to yeah. take care of these incidents. You know, someone gets run, they answer the bell, drop the gloves. You can move on then and get on with things. We need that part of the game still going. And that's why it was a brilliant, brilliant uh, sight for both Alex and I. On Tuesday night, Jordan, it was an explosion of fights in the NHL. Yep. It was great Tuesday night. There were two fights in the Dallas-Vegas game. Uh, you saw Eberly and O'Connor fight each other in the Colorado-Seattle game. I mean, that and it, there was fights sprinkled across a lot of the other games that night. It was probably as far as the volume of fights on a single night of NHL hockey, the most I can remember in a very long time. And that's a good sign because we want fighting in this game. And Alex, I know you agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and even last night you saw with uh, Pittsburgh and Detroit, there were a couple of good fights, a couple of skirmishes and stuff. And, and I think, you know, getting that physicality out, that takes, you know, not only is it just policing, uh, you know, yourselves, and not you know leaving things in the hands of the referees, but also just you, you get a good hit out right, and and that aggression's out. It doesn't build and mount, and all of a sudden you you're so frustrated you take this cheap shot. You know a lot a lot of these cheap shots they aren't just super malicious in the in the fact that I'm just trying to hurt somebody. It's just it's a buildup of frustration, and, mm -hmm. and and that makes sense in the heat of battle. So by you know letting the steam out, so to speak, rather than just letting it explode. That that in itself is worth something, but also in the fact, that, like I said, you keep it fair. You just have one, you know, man on man, two guys fight it out, and you sort it out, and, and things go from there. That builds momentum for your team, uh, and, and it can shift the course of the game one side or the other if your team has a good fighter. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can't like, like, look at you talk about just letting off steam and frustration. And sometimes that leads to, you know, uh, scrums and potential fights on the ice. Look at even Evgeny Malkin last night, of all people, that the Pittsburgh Penguins, he had, went after Cider, you know, right in front of the I net. I wouldn't there. call that fighting, but he, yeah, he, yeah. He, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a violent release, if you will. Well, kind of a violent release. It wasn't really you're right. It wasn't anything that was, whoa, uh, anything extremely, you know, big, massive blows or anything like that. But you did see him, you know, he got the team was not playing well at the time. Detroit had kind of taken control of the game. Uh, and he was letting off some uh, frustration. Uh, here is the clip we have of Jordan in action. Uh, one of his um, bouts from, uh, I believe it was, was the AHL days. It's funny, this clip is you and I believe it was Ryan White, who of course played a long time in the uh, NHL for a bit, AHL a lot as well. So here is our guest here, Jordan Henry uh, in action. There it is right there. I think that was when you were with Rochester, I believe, uh, at the uh, time, Jordan, I think. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, Ryan White um, played against them in junior as well, Western Canadian kids. So we are no stranger to each other, that's for sure, with uh, him being in Calgary for a stretch. And, you know, we played against each other a lot growing up. And then obviously, you know, Hamilton, Rochester, we played a lot in the early days in the American League too. So, yeah, uh, just uh, kind of – we had to do as young players trying to make an impact right yeah no doubt and that's what it's all about exactly trying to make an impact and uh, trying to uh, cement your position uh, on the team and show what you know that you can make a difference and a positive impact there's no question about that so jordan's on our show as you see today and he's also been dabbling on the uh, betting board overall jordan how's the betting board been treating you particularly in hockey oh it's been okay to start the season i think you know you have those hiccups early you never really know i think often is usually at a premium to start in and you know you got to uh you got to account for the the side of things kind of settling in which takes time and and goaltending and whatnot there's obviously some teams having some some issues which kind of go in a couple of my my early situations when you talk about teams like edmonton that are you know obviously usually heavily favored with the lines and and they haven't had a great start. Their goaltending has been a serious issue. And then, you know, you take a team like Tampa Bay who loses Bufsky, I think for them, their lines are pretty inflated considering goaltending situation, even though they do still have a great team with, you know, they're deep, they can score obviously, but you know, that goaltending, you take Slesky at anyone's lineup. I think it's going to be a massive blow. So, you know, I think, early in the season, those are things that I've kind of been watching for, but, but I've been, you know, hanging in there so far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's been like for me. It's been, you know, slow, slower start than I would have liked. Although last night was a best night of the season for me, not even close, even with just two games, it was just a spectacular night, but you're right. It's been a slower start than I would have liked. Yeah. Alex, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, so I was going to say same, same kind of thing, but this is that time of year where you, you know, you're able to pick off dogs. You're able to find value because the books haven't made, and the books have gotten a lot sharper now than that. than ever since we've been done this program it's seven years now where we could pick off a lot of soft lines early in the week because the books didn't pay attention to hockey until, Oh, 
we look at the calendar, and all of a sudden it's October, and now we got to scramble to get hockey stuff going. But this stuff's been up for a while. You know, opening night lines were up two months in advance. So the books are getting sharper. It makes us, you know, have to do a little bit more work. But you still are able to find those dog prices and some, like I said, inflated uh, favorites. You know, books haven't made the right change on certain things or recognize, you know, how dire a situation certain some things are, like Tampa Bay's goaltending. And uh, you can find some value in that. No question. Uh, and definitely, I think when you look and it's a great segue because guess what our first game is here on this uh, Thursday slate as we get into it. It is the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, as they host the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay minus 135 home favorites, seven the total uh, here in this game. Uh, although it's come down a bit, I'm seeing now six and a halfs mostly uh, across the board. Uh, so we have seen that total drop a little bit. In fact, the majority of sports books now have six and a half listed uh, for this total. Jordan, you said it. Alex and I have been a proponent of it as well. We've been against Tampa Bay quite a bit here uh, early in this season. And again, Andre Vasilevsky missing is a big part of this. There is definitely a significant drop-off going from Andre Vasilevsky, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL for many years, to Jonas Johansson and Matt Tompkins. You know, it's just that simple. It's a massive, massive drop-off. Not only that, but I've also mentioned it's not fair to just put it all on the goaltender. I don't think personally they have the defensive forward prowess they've had in the past. They've had the Yanni Gords of the world and Blake Coleman and some really good two-way presences at the forward position in their bottom six in years past Tampa Bay. I don't think they have that anymore. I don't think they've got quite that checking, you know, component, you know, in their bottom six that they've had previously. Obviously the offense is still something you have to be fearful of and they do get Steven Stamkos back. Uh, from a two-game absence. He missed the last couple of games versus uh, Ottawa and Buffalo, uh, but he will be back in the lineup tonight for Tampa Bay, and they could use him for sure uh, here going into this matchup. But you're right. I'm just – other than Hedman and Sergachev, and Dahan, when he's healthy, is pretty good in his own end, but you've got Perbix, you got Darren Radish, you got, you know, Zach Bogosian's in and out, and, you know, foot speed's a bit of an issue for him at this stage uh, of his career. So they've had some issues in terms of keeping the puck out of the net and – the goaltenders have certainly seen a lot of rubber so far this season. Vancouver is off to a two and one start, two terrific wins against Edmonton. But I watched pretty much the majority of that Canuck Flyers game. They were not ready to go from the opening puck drop. They were dominated. They came out sluggish. Credit to the Flyers, though. That was their home opener. They had a really strong start. Uh, and then it got worse for Vancouver. I thought when they were down after the first period, they'd regroup and be better in the second period. They were actually fucking yeah. worse believe it or not. They were hideous in the second period. I mean, it got to the point where it was like 29, I think it was 22 to three or something like that. The shots in the second period for Philadelphia uh, and um, Vancouver actually had a better third, but it was too little too late. Uh, the Flyers get the win. And that's what set off Rick talk at that performance in the post game, talking about who are we to think we're any good. Uh, we, 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 we got to check ourselves uh, and make sure some of these players don't bring another goose egg uh, to the board. Uh, yeah, not happy. Not happy with the level of compete. He said, uh, other than Demko, no one really uh, gave it a, the, uh, the best effort, uh, the hardest work ethic in that game. So not a very happy coach, even though that was only their first loss of the year. It was just such a, a subpar performance, li very little in terms of the, you know, bearing down and winning battles. They lost every battle. They were running around like chickens with their heads cut off in their defensive zone throughout that game. Uh, not impressed was Rick Tockett. I expect a response here tonight from the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this game. I've got a couple bets here on the Canucks side. I like the first period particularly because you know the start was bad. 
uh, the other night against Philadelphia. So Vancouver in the plus 105, plus 110 range in the first period. Got a little on that. Split with the Vancouver full game money line, which is at plus 115 uh, in this game. Although that price is dropping. I'm seeing it going down to plus 110. Even some plus 105s are starting to appear now with the Canucks here. Full game money line. Um, a little on the team total as well, over three and a half. We've been going to that team total well of the opponent against Tampa Bay throughout the season. Uh, so a little bit on all three, uh, first period money line, full game money line for Vancouver as well, and that team total over three and a half at a nice plus price, plus 128 uh, I was able to wow. get with that uh, Canucks team total. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here? Canucks, lightning. Yeah, like I said, money's coming in on Vancouver left and right. I was lucky to grab a plus 110. That's the highest thing I'm still seeing around. But it's, yeah, it, you, this might be, they might be a small favorite uh, by puck drop. And it makes total sense. Like I said, this is a, a wake up spot for Vancouver. And, and we talked about it in uh, that Vancouver uh, Philly game with that odd start time. It was pushed back a little earlier because of uh, you know all the things that were going on in Philly at, at the, that same night. But for Vancouver, they had already been on the road in, in Edmonton. But this was really the first part of that East Coast leg of the road trip. So that probably factored into why they were a bit sluggish. It's already a weird start time, and you're crossing country as well. And the Flyers, they were able to win the game and take advantage of it, but they weren't able to take full advantage of it because they're the Philly Flyers. Uh, I think Vancouver bounces back in a big way. Like I said, I just don't trust what Tampa's doing right now. Definitely can't trust their goaltending. And if Demko, if he turns in another great start, and then the rest of the guys uh, play even half, you know, better than, than what they looked like in the, the that Philly game, they should be able to win this one. So give me Canucks plus $1.10. All right, Canucks plus 110 for uh, Alex in this one. And by the way, Demko top five in the NHL and goals saved above average, which is a greater uh, statistic for goaltenders. And the goals against average and save percentage are still great, and I use yeah. them. you got to use them. But goals saved above average, what's great about that stat is that it factors in the high danger chances it factors in the, the the highest quality looks that the opponent gets against that goalie. Demko's been and Demko was the only reason that that was not five or six nothing for Philadelphia the other night. He was really that good. And if it wasn't a team that can be offensively plotting at times like the Flyers, it really could have gotten ugly for Vancouver uh, in that game. Uh, Jordan, what do you think here? Vancouver, Tampa Bay. Yeah, now that you said that the line's been pushed to to six and a half on the goals, I do like that one. I think you know with Rick Tockett's message like that, you said the the start will be much better for Vancouver. Um, you know, I think Tampa's kind of got to open it up and, and push for offense the way their goaltending's been going. And and Vancouver, despite Demko being good, are are not you know, a defensively sound team really for the most part either. I mean, they've gotten better under Rick Tockett, but, you know, for long stretches last year, they were a, a disaster defensively and, you know, prone to giving up big leads and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I th think Tampa's got a score to win now. And I think that that over 6.5 is a nice, nice look. And, you know, personally, I like to dabble in, um, you know, overs in the first period as well. I think, you know, the minus 1.5 or, or 1.5 in the first period, I think is is a nice look because, you know, you want Vancouver to come out and get off to a good start and, and, you know, Tampa to provide that offense as well. So, you know, I think I would probably slide a little bit on that as well. This is good, probably going to be a high scoring game and I think it'll probably get started pretty early. 
Yeah, well, you're preaching to the choir here about first period overs, and, and that's something I probably would look at in this game as well, that and the full game over. But I would wait for in-game looks at this. If you're seeing a 6.5 at 130, you're one to two minutes in, you can get that 6.5 at a plus price. Three to four minutes in, you're looking at 5.5, probably only laying, you know, laying 130. So you can wait and get it all the way down to 5.5 and, and lay the price you get it now, or you can grab the 6.5 but then get it at plus money just waiting a couple minutes in-game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's definitely we're, we preach uh, Jordan all the time on the show live betting strategy, and uh, that if you like an over in the game, you can take your shot that we get through four or five minutes without a goal, and you'll get a better number and a better price uh, in game uh, with uh, that live over. And uh, it's something we take advantage of uh, quite a bit. You know, as far as uh, the props tonight, uh, Besser goal, Besser assist, very appealing to me. Plus one fifty eight to get an assist, plus two ten to get a goal. Uh, he's been off to a terrific start. Four goals, one assist, five points for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, JT Miller, one goal, three assists. The goal prop plus 196. The assist prop plus 100. So I think the goal assist look for Miller might be a solid option. And we've got one of our famous uh, situations here involving uh, a player moving up the lineup for Tampa Bay. This is definitely the most value in terms of their player props tonight. Uh, Hagel and Kucherov and Point and Stamkos, obviously. You know, they're always always a threat to score and find the back of the net, get on the score sheet. But Alex Barre-Boulay is someone that uh, John Cooper's moving up to the top line for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Going to be playing alongside uh, Point and Kucherov. And Barre-Boulay, to get a goal here tonight, is plus 480 uh, at Caesars. So it's another one of those uh, instances where you've got a guy that's playing on the top line and his goal prop now is plus 480. And it's the kind of situations that we – look for throughout the season with player props you know why do we cast jake sanderson to score at plus 700 last night because he was moving up to the number one power play unit he was playing more ice time uh, he's got the confidence of the coaching staff and obviously a guy like this who's been in the ahl his entire career uh and now is with the lightning made the team out of camp now that he's being placed on the top line that shows you coop has confidence in him and that tells you that um he's going to get ice time and you can get that kind of a price with someone that's now on the top line that you don't expect to be there. Great value. Win or lose, great value uh, with that goal prop for sure uh, for Barry Boulay in that game. Uh, Predators and Rangers next up. Uh, Rangers minus 190 home favorites, six the total here in this one. Didn't really do much with this game. Um, considered actually a small little dabble on the Preds here, just based on the price here, because this is that typical Ranger spot where sometimes – you don't always get their best. They're off the, you know, win against um, uh, Arizona the other night, which really wasn't that pretty. They only won two to one. It was a tight game throughout. Arizona had some really good looks to tie the game. They also had a five on three man advantage late second, early third period that they couldn't cap cash in on. But, you know, Rangers didn't win that game comfortably or easily by any stretch of the imagination. One thing about Nashville, I know they're one and three uh, to start the season, but the Predators have been competitive. For the most part, 3-2 loss to Boston, the win against Seattle, Tampa Bay was a good effort. They're not going to like the way they played against Edmonton the other night, 6-1. to That was the one game where they pretty much got their ass handed to them. But they've been competitive in every other game. And Edmonton was coming into that game, I think, definitely was something to prove, uh, no question. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprised to see Nashville make this a tough game on the Rangers. Um I don't love the team overall, but I think at this number, I could see taking a small shot with the Predators here at plus a buck 60 in this game, which certainly lean to the under as far as this total goes. This should end.
ended up being a pretty low-scoring game with two pretty good goaltenders. We expect Igor Shosturkin back in that for the New York Rangers. And after getting pulled against the Edmonton Oilers uh, the other night, it was a rough first period for UC Soros. Uh, Kevin Lankinen ended up replacing him. I'd expect Soros to really look to bounce back here tonight. It hasn't been confirmed that he's in net, but I would expect him back uh, in between the pipes tonight for uh, Nashville. So uh, small leans here, Nashville and under uh, in this one for me. Alex, uh, Predators, Rangers. Yeah, not, I'm probably not going to bet this game with it being such a big card, but I would lean with the under two. And if you look at the recent history, uh, three of the last four meetings going under the total, but the, the last game they played, uh, a 7 nothing blowout by the Rangers. So, like I said, I could see where that's probably one of those games where, you know, you, you remember that, even though it's a, a you know team out of your conference in a year ago, but you remember that happening. I think they play a much tighter contest here. So uh, maybe hope for an early goal. Maybe do the little reverse. Hope for an early goal and try to grab a 6.5 at a better price uh, as quick as you possibly could. And uh, That might work out. But other than that, this is probably a pass. There's other stuff I like on the card more. All right, Jordan, how about you? Nashville, New York Rangers. Yeah, this isn't really a game that I would get off. It was a smaller slate for the day. Like you said, there's a lot of games and a lot of games that I like in this. But, you know, I, I would lean towards the under for sure. It's funny that you talk about goaltending because Nashville is one of those teams with, you know, a massive discrepancy between their starter Saros and then obviously the backup. And so, um, you you know, look for Saros to, to have a bounce back as well as the group. You know, you give up six, you got to you revisit your scheme and kind of buckle down defensively after that. So, you know, the Rangers don't score as much as everyone thinks they, they think either. You know, they have high offensive players, Kreider and Zibanejad, and you look at their lineup and Panarin and guys like that, you think they should fill the net, but they don't score as much as people think. So, you know, they're not a team that that runs it up on teams too often. So, you know, they they rely on good gold and they do give up their fair share, which Sturkin is is very nice in there. So, you know, him and Saros, I would see a battle tonight, and I think it's probably going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, people in the, in the chat are saying uh, sprinkles on the draw. This actually could be a, a legitimate draw candidate. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing that's an Alex uh, B. Smith special, Jordan. Uh, first period overs and draws have been – uh, part of the repertoire uh, for a very long time for uh, Alex. This does feel like, yeah, a tight game. Philip Forsberg, I mean, the overshots on goal just keeps on rolling for him. I mean, we've talked about this every Nashville game. Every game he's going over his shots on goal, uh, player prop. Definitely, I would think that's probably worth a look here once again in this game. Thomas Novak was the one guy that got them on the board the other night against Edmonton. Talked about it. He's been undervalued for sure as far as his props go. Uh, this is a game you don't want to go – you know, too wild as far as the player prop, simply because we don't know how many goals we're going to see. Uh, but definitely uh, keep that in mind. And uh, by the way, uh, congratulations as well to uh, Will Cooley uh, for the uh, New York Rangers, who a couple games ago got his uh, first NHL goal against uh, Columbus. Uh, and he's someone that made the team out of camp. They're playing on that third line. He's been solid for the uh, Rangers here in the early going of this season. All right, Calgary Flames, Buffalo Sabres. Calgary minus 120, uh, road favorites, seven. Actually, that's not true. This total is not seven. This total is uh, six and a half here with the uh, uh, Sabres and Flames. So we will correct that. You know, it's been, I've been looking at, I've been looking at Buffalo as a team that, you know, has, has improved defensively this, this year a little bit with the additions of Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton on the blue line. Those are two really good veteran additions for a Buffalo Yet it's their offense that really hasn't gotten going just yet um, this season. Tage Thompson, you know, 
I'm waiting on him to get going because I've got him to score 50 goals and I've got him as a dark horse can candidate to be the rocket Richard trophy winner uh, this year. And, you know, he's had a bit of a slow start. I'm not worried about him yet. You know, I think he'll be fine. I, I, what I would be more worried about is that he wasn't getting the chances. He wasn't getting the looks. He is getting the chances. It's just not going in for him uh, just yet. So I wouldn't necessarily panic yet about the uh, drought early in the season for TNT for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Calgary, um, it looks worse that they lost to Washington, quite honestly, after Washington got buried by Ottawa the last night. A Capitals team that's looked pretty dreadful here in the early going. Calgary got off to the fast start against them, 2-0 lead. And then you end up seeing uh, Washington come back, tie the game, and then Washington wins it in a shootout. Calgary just lacking the finish again in that game to get that third goal. We saw that all of last year. 30 shots, 40 shots on goal in a lot of games and not enough offense, not enough finish. And that was definitely in Calgary's game a little bit uh, on uh, on Monday night. Same thing with the Pittsburgh game where they had the early lead. They couldn't add on to their lead. The goals dried up again. Are we going to have the same issue? I thought with Ryan Huska instead of Daryl Sutter, he'd let the horses out of the stable, if you will, and play a little more aggressive, let the D jump into the play. And they are trying to play that way a little faster. Uh, under Ryan Huska, but it hasn't resulted yet in a better offensive output for the uh, Flames. We'll see if that can uh, improve here tonight against Buffalo. It's a tricky game because I kind of think, I still think of Calgary as a team I'm going to be looking to bet on, improve from last year because they get the stench of Sutter uh, out of there. Uh, and you definitely have, you know, I think a better dressing room environment. You know, Hubert O'Cadre, we're waiting on them to get going, you know, thinking they would have bounce back seasons. I mean, really, it's been Mangiapane, Dubé. Guys like that that have been uh, carrying it for the uh, Flames. Coronado as well, who has a goal uh, for the uh, Flames so far this season. Uh, but they need their big guns to step up and get going a little bit. Um, this is one I don't have anything in overly strong as of right now. Um, I feel one of these buff, one of these games with these two teams, because I think Calgary is going to improve their pace this year, a little more aggressive, have their blue liners jump into the play one of their games eventually is going to go over and they're going to have a big offensive night and I kind of feel Buffalo is sitting on one of these nights where eventually the puck's going to really start going in for them because they've just been on the precipice here of one of these big offensive uh nights where the the output is there and they finally just see uh, them finish off their chances so I, I think I might bite for a small bet over six and a half but it's nothing I'm overly uh big on as far as this game goes. What do you think here, Alex? Flames and Sabres? No, this is a complete observation game because, like I said, these are two teams that I thought would be playing uh, better hockey right now. Uh, just, just where they are in the current form, I, I'm not not a fan of, of where, they're, where they're standing right now, especially with Buffalo. I thought Buffalo would be getting off on a roll immediately, something we've seen them do in previous years. So, uh, say this this is a big wake-up game for both teams. So, yeah, gut feeling would say the over. Maybe I'll watch it, and if I see the pace I like, I'll look for something live. But, yeah, this is a game I want to see. I want to see improvement from both teams on both sides, and not, that's just going to take more watching the game and, and just not having even an opinion as far as a betting opinion goes. All right, uh, Jordan, what do you think here? Calgary, Buffalo. Yeah, for, for Alex's – Live first period overs in this game. I, Calgary is not a team that you can really bet the live first period over because they give so many goals so early. You yep. can't even really wait on them, right? So, yeah. I mean, if Ladars is he usually has better starts than than Markstrom has historically over the last you know season and change here. But you know, you got to look out for Markstrom and Net, and and for some reason, giving up a goal on that first shot, right? So. 
Um, you yeah. know, obviously first period over, I would think I would might throw a little bit on. And, and like you said, these teams could go off for nine, 10 goals easily, but you know, they've both kind of struggled out of the gates. So you don't know what you're going to get. Um, I cage Thompson is due. Um, you know, he'd, he'd be a guy to look for a side prop, obviously shots on goal. He's definitely a shooter. He's still getting them. So, you know, look for him to maybe get one tonight. And then, um, you know, probably both teams to score in the first, um, like yeah. you said, with Calgary giving up the early goals and then, you know, Buffalo, I mean, Devin Levi is good. I think he will be good. I think he's having his, his NHL growing pains. Obviously he's still a young kid yeah. and he, and he hasn't been there and, and Buffalo is still a bit of a work defensively, right? They've gotten better, um, but they're still not quite there yet. So, um, you know, both teams to score first period maybe, and depending on the goaltending situation, I'm not a, a huge proponent of, of Eric Kahn or Uka Pekalukanen to, to carry the mail for Buffalo long-term either. So, you know, there could be some issues there. So, uh, I mean, I might look at something like that, but you definitely got to get on it before the game if you're going to bet Calgary first periods because it comes out and it comes out early usually for them. Excellent yeah. points. Excellent points for sure. Really and, and a great a great thing to mention too uh, about that, like I said, with uh, kind of with Buffalo, like I said, shifting around things, you know, yeah, it's kind of hard. You got teams carrying these three goalies, and how are they going to really balance that? You know, Montreal. I didn't realize Montreal was doing the same thing as well. So trying to find that rhythm, uh, you know, whoever the third man is, whenever they get their start, that's going to be something to really kind of uh, signify until they make a move and send someone down. So that's another key point to to, to make. Like I said, yeah, you, these are teams you would want to jump on this early rather than later. And like I said, we, we try to identify that Calgary was that team all last year, and that still could, could continue into this year. So excellent point. No doubt. There's some value in the props, too. Razichka, I cast a plus 650 on him to score the other night. Why? Because he went to the second line. He got moved up. Uh, you got to look at these opportunities when they uh, present themselves. Guys that are moving up the lineup. He's got a goal and two assists. Uh, Adam Rzichka here for the uh, Calgary Flames. He's going to be on the second line again uh, for them here tonight in this game. It's great prop value as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and again, you're talking in the plus 560 uh, range. They've dropped the price a little bit, uh, but that's still a terrific uh, price there on him. Dubé and Mangiapane, by the way, Dubé's got a goal and an assist, two points, but Mangiapane in particular, two goals, two assists for him. Uh, he's in the plus 260 to score a goal range, plus 215 to get an assist, you know, for a guy that's got a couple already. So there's great value there uh, as far as uh, Calgary uh, is concerned with a couple of their player props. Buffalo, meanwhile, um, it looks like uh, tonight Peyton Krebs has moved up to the second line. Now, the risk with taking him, even though he's moving up to the second line, is he's got no points on the season. So he hasn't really gotten it going yet. But plus 675 when he, he's playing on, on that second line for Buffalo tonight alongside Dylan Cousins and J.J. Uh, Paterka Turka Turka uh, on that uh, second line. So, uh, I, you know, I look at that as potentially a situation where maybe playing with that line gets him going a little bit. Obviously, Don Granada. Otto's kind of playing a hunch there uh, with that. So not a bad option. Uh, I like what I'm seeing out of their first round pick, 18 years old, Zach Benson. And, you know, I see really good things from him. He's got a couple of assists here in the first three games. Um, and, and I've been impressed with the uh, just the overall hockey IQ and the sense. And he knows where to go on the ice to get chances. It sets up his teammates. He's a good facil facilitator. So I was really impressed here early on with Zach Benson's game. We'll see if he can keep it going for them. So. 
you know, his prop even to get a, I don't think his point props are available. If you're going to take him, you got to look at the goal prop. He hasn't scored yet, but I think one of these nights he might plus 440, no, no harm and maybe a couple of bucks throwing it on that. Uh, Toronto and Florida next up. Playoff rematch, of course, from the second round last year. We've got the uh, Leafs minus three, minus 130 uh, road favorites, six and a half to being the uh, total in this game. Uh, Florida, a bad start for, uh, for them until the other night they played New Jersey. Uh, and they got themselves off the schneid with a, actually a very good performance. I will give them that team that I've been targeting as a bet against team early in the season saying, well, a, they're not going to duplicate the run to the Stanley cup final last year and B just not having Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour by far the two best defensemen on this team at both ends of the ice. They're great in terms of zone exits, getting those rush started up the ice. And they're very good in their own end, taking care of that too. And so no Eckblad and Montour, I figured was, going to be a massive problem early in the season for Florida and they are still struggling back there I like Gus Forsling but after that you've got Mahura you've got Mikola you've got Oliver as Don Cherry calls him Lawson Tossum uh, Oliver Ekman Larson you just don't see uh you know and he's playing on the top pairing I mean uh, I would have wanted Oliver Ekman Larson on my top pair five six years ago you know, right. not in 2023. Uh, that is not what I'm looking to see. And I, I get worried about that and the state of this Florida blue line right now. You got a Toronto team that there's a couple things that I like for them tonight. They weren't happy with the performance against Chicago. Another one of those laying of an eggs uh, at home on a weeknight in that brutal uh, environment. No atmosphere, no ambiance at all at Scotiabank Arena. The crowd just sits on their hands the whole game. Dead silence which people have been ripping the Toronto home crowds for, rightfully so. It's just way too quiet in there. And Toronto falls victim to Chicago. They weren't happy with their effort and their performance. Now they get on the road for the first time this year. Camaraderie, team comes together. Toronto's actually been a pretty good road team under Sheldon Keith since he's been the head coach. And, oh, yeah, now you get to play the team that knocked you out in the second round uh, pretty unceremoniously as well. Five games just like that. Leaf fans didn't even have any fucking time to cheer the Tampa Bay first round win, winning a series for the first time in 19 years. Five days later, they were out you know, pretty much against the uh, Florida Panthers or a week later. So, uh, you know, Toronto's got this spot circled, you know, after the Chicago game, they want to play better. So uh, I like Toronto in a couple different forms here. I'm going to take the plus 165 first period puck line here on Toronto to come out with that strong start minus a half plus 165. Uh, for the uh, pan for the Leafs, I should say the Leafs, not the Panthers. The Leafs, uh, Toronto minus one thirty, the full game money line, a little bit on the team total over three and a half for the Leafs. Uh, and I like what Keith's doing with the lineup too tonight. Matthew Nyes has had a slow start, but I don't think he's been put in the best uh, position to succeed offensively tonight. They're putting Matthew Nyes with John Tavares and William Nylander. I think that's got the potential to be a really good line. Uh, Marner, Matthews, and Bertuzzi. I've had no complaints. Uh, Callie Yarncroak moves down with Fraser Minton and Max Domi on the third line. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Sheldon Keefe did this to try to generate more offense. Wasn't thrilled with it uh, in the uh, Chicago game. So keep an eye on that. So Toronto money line, Toronto first period puck line, team, team total over three and a half as well. Uh, total, I lean six and a half to the over, but uh, might wait for a live line and get a better price on that six and a half. Uh, in this game. And it looks like it's Samsonov uh, in that, as I'd expect for the uh, Leafs. And once again, Sergei Bobrovsky uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers, who's not quite been uh, the goalie Bob that we saw in the playoffs last year, a lot more uh, beatable 
uh, so far here in the early part of the season for uh, Florida. And it's understandable, too, as to why you know, that blue line is just not as good in front of them right now with no Ekblad and no Montour. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Leafs, Panthers. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I love the Leafs in this spot. Like I said, this is a, a revenge spot and a bounce back spot at the same time. So those are always nice to have kind of collide together. You get that every now and then early in the season. Uh, I went and grabbed the regulation price at plus $1.05 earlier uh, on Toronto. 130 is not bad. I, I wouldn't mind that. But because this is a bigger card, uh, I, I, I'm going to have quite a bit in action. So I, I'd rather uh, try to lay as less juice as possible. So uh, Leafs win this one. If, if you have you know fewer plays, Go with the just standard money line, lay the 130. If you got a bigger card tonight, like I think most of us do, take it, uh, play it a little safer, just go regulation plus melt five. Yeah, all right. And, you know, another element that's maybe kind of pro Leafs and anti Panthers in this game, and it's early in the season, but uh, so the first home game off a road trip spot isn't always that uh, bad, uh, but that's always a little something that would uh, concern you here, uh, too, about Florida. What do you think here, Jordan? Leafs and Panthers? Yeah, I like the over as well. Um, you know, Florida's having a tough in the puck out, as as you mentioned. The D is just banged up like crazy, and you know it's tough. And, and you, you know, Bobrov summoned up a pretty big uh, playoff run there. I'm just, I'm not sure if he's capable of pulling that for an entire 82 games this year. You know, it takes a lot out of a guy to to make a run like that. And I think that the added pressure of the banged up decor is really going to affect him, but. I'm really the greatest guy to ask about the Leafs because I have like a a personal betting vendetta against the Leafs. I just like for whatever reason, every time I bet a game with them involved, I come out on the wrong side. It's like it's insane. It's gotta be like that. It's gotta be like 20 straight games for some reason. And I just like I still somehow sprinkle on them every now and then and I get disappointed every game. And it's just like so I'm trying my best to stay off of their games completely right now because for whatever reason bet them I would I would much Florida would win. And if I decide to go, you know, against them, they would come up with one of those games where they just, you know, fill the net and run away with it. So um the the Leafs are a, a bit of a block on the on the betting side for whatever reason they just I don't know me and them don't go together but I guess uh, you know hopefully we can find it at some point soon here because I do I do enjoy watching their games they play high event hockey and you know they're exciting to watch and it's always nice a little bit more something on there too there's always teams like that Jordan in every sport for me it's not just hockey NFL NBA the other sports, college basketball, college football, go on down the list. There's teams that you just, I bet on them. Um, they don't show up. I bet against them. Uh, and they're putting up uh, and, they're, and they're going up and down the field or scoring a bunch of goals, whatever the case may be. There's always those teams that there's just, you don't have that great read on them. Uh, and as someone that's been in the business now full time for a decade, yep, there's always yeah. a team of that type every year. Uh, in every sport and it's not because some, sometimes you, know, you don't know it but it's just you just don't have that feel for that team yeah. and I was gonna say, sometimes it can last for a season sometimes it can be teams i remember uh going way back even before i started doing this as a career uh virginia t- uh, uh no west virginia the mountaineers in college football it yeah. seemed like every time i was either on them or against them i was losing if i had an over it went under if i had an under it went way over so yeah it's some it's just teams like that in, in all sports yeah, they're definitely my team for sure. I lost a heartbreak with West Virginia. Brought back bad memories of that Houston game 
uh, last week, oh, the front yeah, fucking Hail Mary yeah. at the end of it. That was yeah, absolutely yeah. painful. Yeah. And the yeah. idiot quarterback, Garrett Green, mm-hmm. celebrates without his helmet on with 10 seconds. There's 10 seconds to go in the game, moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. keep it under wraps. They haven't won the game yet. And sure enough, you know, they go down the field, Houston, they get the Hail Mary touchdown pass, and the Houston Cougars beat West Virginia on that Thursday night yeah. last week. That was painful for me. Very, yeah. very painful. Yeah. All right, Oilers and Flyers. We've got the uh, Oilers minus 200 uh, road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. Not really much here. Not really much here. I'm happy that Edmonton came through for me the other night. It was a great spot to back Edmonton against Nashville. You know, after the, the two losses to Vancouver, going on the road, facing the Predators, a team that they're better than, uh, and a team they dominated, and um, they did it again 6-1 to one, uh, with that win over Nashville. Um, I think they can go on a nice little run here on this road trip. They're certainly better than Philadelphia, but don't want only minus 200. No, maybe if you're going to bet Edmonton, I will say this, if you like Edmonton, Edmonton, when they win, the majority of their games, they're scoring four goals. And you know that their team total is going to be three and a half, and it's three and a half minus 142. So if you like Edmonton, take their team total uh, over three and a half minus 142, as opposed to money line minus 200. So that would be the best option if you like the Edmonton side. I do think they win, but I'm not comfortable taking them in this spot. And I do want to also bring your attention to the fact that they did play in Philly last year and they lost to the Flyers a two to one. Um, So this is not a great you know, this is not a slam dunk spot for the Oilers, even though they are the better of these two teams. And I'm going to give the Flyers a ton of credit. You know, that home opener against Vancouver, they were ready for it. They were dialed in from the opening puck drop. They were dominant in that game. They were better than Vancouver start to finish. They played a really good game. And, you know, maybe this home ice, they're going to be a, a tough out. And, you know, with this Edmonton team, sometimes we've seen it with them, uh, you know, flighty at times. And like I said, they went to Philly and lost last year. I'm not comfortable with the Oilers in this spot enough to back them. I lean Oilers team total over, but nothing that I'm uh, overly uh, excited about. Uh, Alex, Oilers, Flyers. Yeah, this is one of those other games I'm passing too. I mean, like I said, nothing, uh, you know, Edmonton's already at that point where they're going to be inflated, you know, right off the jump. And then, you know, off of a big win, they're already super inflated. And the Flyers, you can't trust them in any form or fashion. You can't back them uh, to score you goals. You can't back them to win. You can't really even back them to play well enough defensively to look at it under. So this is a, a completely pass game. All right, Jordan, how about you, Oilers, Flyers? Yeah, I'm not on this either. The Oilers are, you know, their lines are insane most of the time like this. And it's just, you know, for a team that has struggled out of the gate, a, a minus 200 line is, is very, very steep. Although, you know, if I was going to put a little on it, it might be on the puck line just because I don't really think much of Philly at all. Um, you know, they're kind of right where they're supposed to be as far as their their plan. and. I think they'll be selling some guys off the years throughout the year if there's trades available to be made. So, you know, um, it's tough because you look at the props and it's, you know, Connor and Leon and and the, the lines on those are just terrible for the most part too, right? You see, you know, Connor's line is like higher for to get two points than it is for most guys to even touch the sheet or shop props or anything like that, right? Like it's just – I mean, as they should be, because he's, you know, he's probably going to take off here right away at national game. I think, you know, they're primed to start scoring here pretty soon, and and that'll come. But yeah, team total, um, 
you know, like you said, they win games and they win games big usually. So I, I would lean maybe team total and and puck line if you were looking to get a little extra. That's true. I mean, look at one with I'm going to keep track of this. How many wins in their wins? How many times does Edmonton score at least four goals in their wins? I would say like at least 80 to 90 percent of the time. I mean, to me, I just don't envision Edmonton as being one of those teams where they win a game scoring three goals or less. So that is definitely going to be something to monitor. Because I know last year, the majority of their wins, they were scoring at least four goals. And like I said, with them being such a heavily priced favorite, if you're going to like Edmonton and look to bet Edmonton, you take the team total over. Because the majority of their wins, they're going to score four goals, which would cash the team total. So uh, that's definitely, I think, the way you would want to approach it. Uh, on their side for sure. All right, LA Kings, Minnesota Wild. We've got uh, minus 110 here, even money both sides. Six the total in this game. Uh, I cashed a ticket with the LA Kings the other night against Winnipeg. Uh, I figured after two home losses against really good competition, Colorado and Carolina, no shame for the Kings losing either of those games. It was a good spot getting on the road, getting away from home, an 0-2 start to really focus really, really bring a complete effort both ends of the ice. And they did that uh, against Winnipeg. Very, very dominant 5-1 to one victory. They were better defensively, tight, even tighter defensively in front of Cam Talbot, who had by far his best game uh, of the season for the Kings. He kind of struggled uh, in the first couple uh, times we saw him, but was a lot better against uh, Winnipeg the other night. Um, and I think this road trip's a good thing for L.A. You know, they can get a little momentum and, again, uh, you get the team, uh, you know, they spend a lot more time together, the players on the road, of course, than they do at home. And that's usually a good thing for a team. I think they can carry that momentum forward here to tonight against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Minnesota is one of those teams that this year you see how they've started. Uh, they beat Florida, shut them out 2 nothing. But as we've mentioned, the Panthers have their issues this season, especially on the blue line. Uh, they lose to Toronto after that, 7-4, to four, and then they beat Montreal 5-2, but they always beat Montreal. They've dominated uh, the Canadians. So really we've seen the uh, Wild beat a Flo undermanned Florida team and, um, and Montreal so far. You know, we saw what happened against the best team they played, Toronto. They had a tough time defensively. They weren't able to get the job done there. Uh, like I say, I like what I saw from the Kings uh, against Winnipeg. I think they can carry that momentum forward here. Uh, to tonight in this matchup against the Minnesota Wild. And it is worth noting the LA Kings uh, have won uh, three of the last five meetings head-to-head -head against the uh, Wild as well. So I like LA here. Uh, the Kings minus 110. Sometimes it's just as straightforward as I think the Kings are a better team this year than the Minnesota Wild. Um, I think on this road trip, you could see them build off some momentum they got in that win against Winnipeg. Uh, and I think they can carry that over here to this game. Goaltenders for this game, by the way, uh, we do have them confirmed. Cam Talbot, once again, for the Kings, as you would have expected. And going back to Marc-Andre Fleury, how about that? After he got the win for Minnesota against Montreal, not going back to Philip Gustafson, but rather sticking with Marc-Andre Fleury here uh, in this game. And Alex and, uh, mentioned it to me before the show, and it's an angle to consider here. It didn't end well with Cam Talbot in Minnesota. It really did not. Uh, and this could be a situation where Cam Talbot – uh, really has something to prove and an axe to grind here tonight against the uh, Minnesota Wild as he makes this first start against them since uh, things really fell apart. I mean, it was not, he was fed up with the situation. Garen and him kind of, you know, butted heads, you know, down the stretch. Um, so this is a spot where I think Camp Talbot, you talk about motivation to beat a single team, Talbot's got it tonight for the LA Kings. There's no question. So I like LA here, minus 110. Alex, uh, Kings and Wild. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, like the Kings dollar ten. I was a little split on this game earlier in the day because because I know, like I said, these two teams do battle each other fairly well. But like I said, LA's gotten the better of Minnesota in recent history, and that's a huge angle. Like I said, with Cam Talbot, imagine he's you know playing with this wild team. They're cruising along. They're having a great year. He's the number one guy. All of a sudden, now we're gonna start shuffling things around. And he basically gets pushed out. Then he goes to Ottawa. Then he gets hurt. And he deals with all these injury issues. And, you know, as, you know, his age, you wonder, you know, can your career keep going? Are you still going to be in the NHL? He gets the call from L.A., gets signed. And now he's back coming here to St. Paul uh, in this game. I think that he's going to have a phenomenal game. And I think he's going to steer L.A. Uh, to a victory here. So it's a good price, minus $1.10. Like I said, it's kind of paper, uh, you know, victories for, for the Wild. I was on that uh, game against Florida. I was on the game against Montreal, too. But they weren't impressive victories. Uh, like I said, these weren't the higher quality teams. Minnesota's taking that step up here, and I think LA stops them at home tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it, you're right. There were times against the uh, Montreal Canadiens where they, they were okay, but they weren't phenomenal. And Montreal was horrendous in that game. It is worth saying Montreal was absolutely horrendous in that hockey game. How uh, I mean, it was just brutal. I mean, they gave up. To tell you how bad Montreal was, especially in the start, how do you give up two shorties on the same power play? Montreal did that in the first period. Two shorthanded goals for Montreal, or for Minnesota, rather, to make it 2 nothing, and they came on the same power play, the very same Montreal power play. So absolutely brutal uh, start for Montreal, and they never recovered. Uh, Rich H., one of our great viewers and listeners, part of the family plan as well, uh, great comment, apparently. And this is apparently something he read and heard. Mark Andre Fleury and friends partied after the Montreal win. Uh, not a well, of course, back home. Yep, not a great recipe for success tonight, in my opinion. Yep, yeah, he had he had about he had about thirty like friends and family with him, and they were taking pictures and stuff after the game and different stuff. And yeah, so just the high of that win, not necessarily. Well, he was you know he still hung over you know days later, but the, the high of that win. You know, that could be just kind of a, a bigger come down. That's a big emotional moment for him. And now you just got to go back to, you know, regular old back in St. Paul against the Kings. Maybe it's just not the same kind of emotion and fire, certainly like playing in your hometown for possibly the last time of your career. Yeah, there's there's some truth to that. And, of course, that could have been his last game in Montreal, too, which made that event the other night even more uh, important uh, and emotional as to why all his family and friends were there mm -hmm. watching uh, when uh, Mark Andre Fleury played in Montreal uh, the other night, so definitely something. I'm, I'm a little perplexed actually, especially knowing that that Dean Evason is actually starting him tonight and didn't go back to Gustafson. Give Fleury another couple of days even to maybe uh, get wrapped back around to playing hockey again. We'll see, uh, but we'll see how it works out. Jordan, what do you think here? L.A. Minnesota. Yeah, I like the Talbot angle for sure. I had that in my note. Uh, you know, something that kind of unceremoniously in Minnesota and. And he's a nice fit, for, I think, a guy that's looking to to become a number one goalie again and thinks he still is a number one goalie. And L.A. as a team that has some question marks, for sure, they, they're they deep. I mean, up front, I think, you know, Minnesota's more of a one-line team with Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello there. I think that, you know, the center depth with Kopitar and Deneau, um with L.A., I think they, they have shut down guys there. I think it's deep offensively like Minnesota, you know, will have trouble kind of breaking and Talbot's kind of starting to play a little bit better, right? They went to Copley early and, and he did not play well to start the year. And now Talbot's kind of trying to find his group. Um, interesting on Flurry there. Um, he's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on throughout the year for sure. Being, 
you know, I guess after the other night, eight or nine wins away from second all time. And he is a, he's a big game goalie, right? So, you know, I think that Montreal, not because Montreal was bad, you know, going in there, I think safe was a safe bet for them. And I think as he creeps closer to that, that win milestone, you know, I would be I would be betting him on you know save props and also also wins for Minnesota. You know, he's a guy that takes a lot of pride in that, and I think he's a he's a gamer. So once he gets close to that milestone, you can bet on him having some big games around that time. But that'll come here in a few weeks, probably. Right now, I think LA is a a pretty nice bet here. I think they're starting to find their groove, and and they're going to be will be right in the mix in that Pacific. Get off to a little bit of a slow start as well. All right, uh, Jordan on board with uh, the LA Kings as well. As far as props go, Byfield's got value still, even though he's still stuck on the one goal. He's uh, got value as long as he's on that top line. Kempe is going to get going at some point. I think it could be tonight. Uh, and Kevin Fiala for the Kings too. Uh, let's not forget old ex-Minnesota Wild. Uh, I think this is a good night to look at some Fiala uh, props here for the uh, Kings tonight. Uh, goal prop plus 230, assist prop plus 114. Uh, very interested in Kevin Fiala here tonight uh, for the LA Kings against his old team. And then on the Minnesota side, I do want to bring up someone in particular here for uh, Minnesota. Um, I've got to, uh, um, Sam Walker, that's who it is. Samuel Walker has been called up by the wild and not only called up and playing tonight, but in the second line for the uh, Minnesota wild. So giving him an opportunity. Back. Uh, this is a guy that scored a bunch in the AHL level. It doesn't mean it's going to translate right away to the NHL level, but I'm talking about someone now that's got been able to score goals in the American Hockey League, is playing on the second line, going to get a good look and a good amount of ice time, and he's plus 490 to score a goal tonight. Samuel Walker here uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So just a little you know, flyer maybe on him. Uh, for uh, Minnesota tonight. Uh, Jordan, you wanted to mention something about Kempe. Go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking on Kempe. I forgot to mention, I mean, no goals yet this year. You know, a guy that you can pencil in for 40 once going. So, you know, I think I'd look for him to get off the schneid here pretty quickly. I think it might be a nice night for him to to get after it. And like you mentioned, Walker, he's kind of in the same situation as Boulay for Tampa. They're a guy that's put up big numbers in the American Hockey League. And you know, sometimes when you see those guys get called up, they get put in the bottom six, and and that's not really um, good for the way that they play, right? They're they're offensive guys, and they need to be put with players that can play at an offense. So, you know, similar to Barry, I think Walker, if you put him with offensive players, he's going to have much more asset, and maybe a guy that can can sneak one there for sure at good value. All right, good stuff. All right, we move along. Arizona and St. Louis Coyotes. Uh, it's actually even money here pretty much. Uh, minus 110 both sides, six being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Uh, Arizona, great start in their first game of the season at New Jersey, a very good Devils team. They get off to the quick uh, early lead. Uh, New Jersey battles back, then Arizona ties it, and they eventually win in a shootout. But since then, a couple of tough losses for Arizona against the two New York teams, losing to the Rangers and the Islanders uh, after that. But pretty tough. You know, they play those games, three games and four nights. Now you're, uh, you've at least got a couple of days off now, uh, and you get to take on probably the weakest team you've played so far this season here, the St. Louis Blues. I like Arizona in this spot. You know, uh, minus uh, 110, minus, plus 100 actually is out there. 
uh, in some spots as well. But no, I like Arizona in this spot. And you know what's funny? St. Louis opened minus 130 home favorites in this game. This has been a decent move toward Arizona uh, as far as the money move. And I agree with it here. Uh, and Connor Ingram is in net. Normally that would concern me in the past, but he's gotten better. He had a good preseason. He's not the reason they lost uh, when he got his first start of the season against the Islanders uh, on Saturday night. He was steady. Um, you know, I actually trust him a little more than Joel Hofer. Joel, Joel Hofer had a couple of good starts, but he also had some terrible ones as well. You can see consistency for him is going to be an issue. Uh, and Joel Hofer does have the uh, net tonight for the St. Louis Blues. A little bit surprising just because Bennington's been red hot. Maybe Craig Berube looking to ride Bennington, who's gotten off to a terrific start, which is good to see after a down year for him. But opting to go with the young kid, Joel Hofer and net, uh, I like Arizona here, minus 110. I do like the over a little bit here as well, six, uh, minus 110 to minus 115. Uh, I think Arizona, too. Think about this schedule. They played New Jersey, high-scoring affair. They played a stodgy, more defensive-minded Rangers team because I think New York's going to be a little more defensive-minded, the Rangers under LaViolette, than in years past. And I don't know if they have the offensive depth either that they've had in years past. And we know what the Islanders are going to do. We, you know they're going to drag everybody into a low-scoring game. So now Arizona gets to play a St. Louis team that I don't trust as much defensively. And now you get a St. Louis with Hofer in net instead of Bennington. So I think it's an opportunity for Arizona to flex the muscles offensively a little bit uh, here in this game after some stodgy, you know, uh, slower hockey games the last uh, couple of nights. So I like Arizona to get the win. And I like this game to go over the total. And if you actually look at Arizona St. Louis last year, man, we had a couple of crazy games as far as goals. You know, a couple of games that were really wildly high scoring. 6-2 Arizona uh, in the desert. Then there was a 6-5 game in St. Louis. I mean, you had a couple of really high scoring affairs last year. So hopefully more of the same tonight. I like this over as well. Alex, uh, Coyotes and Blues. Yeah, ever since these two teams had a, a you know, became division opponents, and it goes back to even that year with the shortened pandemic schedule, they were in the West and then they both moved back to the, to the central when Seattle comes in, they've always played this higher up tempo hockey against one another. Like I said, Arizona has been, been a lot of a, you know, a couple of dog fights so far. They now get to open things up. St. Louis will now at least try to open things up. They'll at least have the space. I don't have, they think they have the talent to keep up with an Arizona, honestly. Uh, so I like the over I'm laying the one thirty with the first period, uh, one and a half pregame. And I'm waiting for a live over five and a half at plus money uh, in game. So I, I'm, I'm taking care of the first period now in case there is an early goal. But I'm trying to wait and hopefully I'll have the first period over and then looking to grab a better price and number uh, in game with that full over. All right. Good stuff. Uh, indeed. Like in a nice uh, live betting approach there for Alex. Uh, Jordan, Arizona, St. Louis. Yeah, Arizona's a scrappy team. I think they're a little bit underrated kind of going into the season, which – I mean, in the long term, probably isn't great for them because you, as a as an organization, they'd probably like to be, you know, in that lottery pick for, you know, a selling or something like that, right? And they kind of add to that young player arsenal that they have. But you know what? On the road, I, I tend to stay off of them a little bit more on the road just because, you know, Molitorina has been really kind to them or, you know, the course of their start there. And I think they're a real scrappy team there. But I don't think St. Louis is up to too too much um, um this year either. They're they're kind of getting older. They're slow. I feel like they don't play with much pace. But um, you know, I'm, if I was going to do anything on this game, it would probably be, you know, maybe some player 
I like Dursey. I think he's been a nice fit for Arizona, and I think getting those prime offensive minutes on the power play and everything like that, they've kind of, you know, turned him loose and let him do his thing, and he's a real offensive defenseman, so he'd be a nice guy to, to scrape up something, some kind of point prop, or, you know, even Logan Cooley's starting to settle in. I know you know, he, he got off to a great start in the first game and he's kind of cooled since then. But, you know, St. Louis is, would be a prime team for him the way that he plays with pace and, and likes to get to the net. I think it's a nice fit for him in this uh, situation. I agree with that. I mean, Logan Cooley is someone that I have been uh, targeting as far as uh, props from the uh, very beginning. And I've been impressed it doesn't look to me like the NHL overwhelms him, even though he's only uh, 19 years old, trying to play a cent, the center ice position. I mean, he's got three points in the first three games. Uh, and uh, so it looks like he has definitely settled in uh, nicely. And uh, although I do think he's close to getting that first goal, I've said this, and now you're going to have probably the weakest defensive matchup as a team that Arizona's had this season. So I think it's a great opportunity for Logan Cooley to get that first goal, plus 310 at DraftKings. I'm going to put a little something on that. Definitely the assist prop, plus 155. All three of his points have been assists so far, uh, and his assist prop is plus 155. A really nice price there as far as uh, Logan Cooper. And by the way, the Italian stallion here for Arizona, Matias Michelli, uh, he's moved up to the uh, second line tonight. So uh, there is some uh, value, I think, with him tonight, possibly, uh, as far as a goal prop, plus 430, assist prop, plus 155. Uh, keep an eye on Matias Michelli. He's also going to get power play time uh, as well for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Jordan mentioned uh, Sean Dursey from the back end who got a goal in the uh, first game of the season for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Nice addition. So some prop uh, of that, props of value on the Arizona side. I think for St. Louis, when you look at their lineup, Kairou's always worth a look. Robert Thomas, I think, is someone that's going to have a good season, a better season. So those are two guys to target. And here's another one in the case of someone moving up the lineup here. Uh, Alexei Toropchenko for the uh, Blues is going to play on the second line tonight. And uh, that's going to be a bit of a greater opportunity and more ice time for him. So Toropchenko plus 575 to score a goal. A little value because of that uh, second line appearance for him. So plus 575 on Toropchenko to score a goal. Again, playing on the second line for St. Louis tonight uh, with Shen and Kapanen. So, uh, and Shen, of course, was a great choice for captain, as I've said uh, many times, the perfect captain uh, type of material for the uh, St. Louis Blues. All right, Vegas, Winnipeg. We've got Vegas minus 115 road favorites, six the total in this one. Um, I, I took a shot with Dallas the other night against Vegas because, you know, they got beat by Vegas in the Western Conference final. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, Dallas looked like they had that game in hand, two to one lead late. Vegas ties it up, though, with a few minutes to go. Uh, and then they end up winning in a shootout, uh, three, two. They just keep finding ways to win uh, right now, uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And um, look, I took my one shot against them and it fell short. I ain't willing to go back to the well. Uh, against Vegas here tonight against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, that being said, this dangerous spot for Vegas for a couple of reasons. Winnipeg's off a bad game against LA. They weren't happy about it. You know they'll play better. Uh, it is cap They are capable of it. Uh, they have played Vegas huh, in the past. And, of course, we've got another interesting goaltender angle to consider here. Laurent Brossois, backup in Vegas last year. It started in the playoffs for them. Remember, he was the guy that got the first playoff starts 
for the Vegas Golden Knights last year in their run to the Stanley Cup. But then he got injured. Aiden Hill takes over, and the rest was history. And the next thing you know, Laurent Brossois is not retained by the Golden Knights. He ends up going back to Winnipeg and backing up Connor Hellebuck again. And it's Laurent Brossois who's going to get the start tonight. And I, I, I figured Bonus was going to go in this direction, give Brossois a start and a chance to face his former team. So you know Brossois will be amped up. He wants to play well tonight uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. I lean to the under here. I mean, Vegas has just been an under machine again uh, to begin the season. Uh, this blue line is just a, amazing what they continue to do. There's Petrangelo, White Cloud, Mark Martinez, all missing to begin the year. And this Braden Pahal kid steps in. You don't notice much of a drop-off. And Caden Korchak, first NHL goal the other night against Dallas. He's also on the blue line now filling in because of all these injuries. And these guys don't look out of place. The depth on this team, uh, up front and especially on the blue line, it's, it's incredible. That's why Vegas is where they are in the NHL pecking order. They got terrific depth. Uh, I ain't going against them again, but, you know, Brossois is going to want to play well, and this will be a tough game for them. I think they'll probably still win it, but I don't feel comfortable with either side in this game. I'll just lean to the under uh, in it. What do you think here, Alex? Golden Knights, Jets. I finally got shit out of my eyes now. I can focus a little bit better. This is going to be a fun game. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Laurent Brossois was already – declared to start this game a couple of days in advance. He was the one who actually told the media that, that he was starting. It's funny to see that uh, breaking where the quote was, uh, Laurent Bassois starting, source Laurent Bassois. But uh, obviously going up against his old team, and I'm sure there's going to be a bit of emotions, right? Because you're playing with your original team, in essence. But, you you know, the guys you just battled and won a, a cup with and played all year are, are up against you. I think he's definitely going to be fired up and motivated. Like I said, it's a tricky spot for Vegas. How long can you, you know, continue to just keep winning? And, and this is a Winnipeg team that I had seriously underrated. Uh, you know, going into the season, we also were thinking that this is a team that's probably preparing for a rebuild. They're going to move Shifley. They're going to move Hellebuck. Once they sign those guys, everything's changed. And now Winnipeg's kind of in that spot. I was saying this uh, to Ian before the show. This is where I thought Win or Minnesota would be. Winnipeg's kind of taking that spot is that, you know, they're good enough to be a playoff team in the Central, but they're not Colorado or Dallas level. And, and so they've they made a big step up. So I like the draw here at plus 320. I think this is going to be a good goaltender battle. And uh, this might be the night Vegas takes a loss, but I don't think it's going to happen within 60 minutes. That's a good call. We saw overtime with Vegas against Dallas, of course, the other night. And I could see this being a competitive game uh, either way. So the draw at plus 320, game to go to overtime, definitely this – a game where it feels like that is a possibility. Uh, Jordan, what do you think here? Vegas, Winnipeg. Yeah, definitely no uh, no hangover for Vegas. They've looked great to start the year, I think. You know, it's an interesting point with Brassois because, you know, he's moved on back to Winnipeg where he was he was comfortable, and, and that team is with him in net as well, right? He had some great numbers a couple years ago, you know, back up to Hellebuck when Hellebuck had his Vesna year. I think, you know, Brassois was – was very, very good for them. And, and I think they have confidence when he's in net. And obviously he's he's looking for some revenge. And, you know, it's it maybe some mixed feelings there about, you know, you win a Stanley Cup, but you're, you you know, probably think you should be a little bit bigger part of uh, the success there. So it'll be interesting, uh, interesting line there. Um, I just don't think that Winnipeg had depth to keep up with, I guess, especially up front. Um, you know, you've got... New deal. He's looked okay, and, and Connor is, you know, a guy you can count on to chip in every night. But you know, you 
a guy like Nick Ehler, he leaves you wanting more and more and more all the time, it seems like, because he's had flashes of being a very, very great player in the league and, and, and able to score at will sometimes, but then he just disappears for long stretches. So, you know, you're not really sure what you're going to get from him. And, and after that, it drops off pretty significantly big. So, you know, I don't think um, scoring enough to, to get by Vegas. And, and, you know, it may be a bit of a trap, but I also like any time I can get a team like Vegas at, at this close to, to money. You know, with the lines that they've been coming out with lately, it's it's usually pretty heavy since they've been such a good team for a while. Um, you know, to get them close to plus money against a, a Jets team that I don't think is quite there yet, I think would be be pretty attractive to me. Definitely. This is, this is one of those games where props, I'm going to be pumping the brakes a little bit because I think it's probably going to be a little bit of a tighter game. I think goaltending will be strong. Both sides. And Logan Thompson, by the way, I should point out, is in net for Vegas tonight. But Logan Thompson looked very good in his previous start. And he's every time he takes the net, he's going to really be focused and dialed in because he wants more starts. He doesn't want Aiden Hill yep. to get 80% of the starts. So it's a good thing. This is good for Vegas. They've got Aiden Hill is obviously their, the number one, but they've got a very capable backup in Logan Thompson. He looks healthy. He's going to want to play very well. So uh, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Cuban Wayne Gretzky, about um, Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry, for some reason, when Winnipeg plays Vegas, he seems to find a way to put the puck in the net. So I think there is some value on Adam Lowry. The ca- and the captain of the team, after a brutal game against L.A. the other night, he's showing up tonight. Make no mistake about it. He shows up every night, but he really, really shows up in these spots. Team was just dreadful uh, against L.A. for the most part. And you're right. There is that track record of Adam Lowry being able to score and produce against Vegas. So uh, the goal prop, the assist prop on him, plus 475, score a goal, plus 250 to get an assist. There's some value there. Uh, He is definitely one that will show up tonight, win or lose, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. No question about that. Dallas Anaheim. We've got Dallas minus two sixty road favorites, six the total here in this one. Uh, you got the Dallas Stars off a tough overtime loss to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights going on the road now. In theory, they should beat Anaheim, uh, but Anaheim won their home opener against a very good Carolina team uh, after a tough loss and to Vegas the previous night uh, against the Golden Knights. They've had a little bit of rest as well. And we're going to see the debut of the number two overall pick in this year's draft. Leo Carlson is ready to go. Missed the first couple of games for, due to injury, but he will make his NHL debut uh, here tonight for the Anaheim Ducks. Very, very excited to see what how he plays in his very first NHL game. From all indications, yes, he's got the offensive capabilities. Good on the faceoff dot, can score goals facilitate, good passer, but he's already an above-average defensive player and probably only going to get better. A guy that, you know, Leo Carlson's game is being compared to the likes of Patrice Bergeron, for example. Uh, A very, very strong two-way center. So very, very excited to see uh, Carlson in action for the first time uh, here tonight against the uh, Dallas Stars in NHL action. Uh, Very interesting game. I think this is a tricky game. Don't don't get – you better bring your best here if you're Dallas because – uh, Anaheim showed you against Carolina uh, on Sunday night, you know, at, at home in particular with this improving young core that they've got. Uh, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, Mason McTavish has gotten off to a slow start. Uh, now Leo Carlson joins the mix. Uh, this uh, Pavel Minchikov, 19-year-old defenseman, 
Uh, he scores a goal for them against uh, Carolina. Uh, he's someone with a lot of talent. Jamie Drysdale now is finally healthy uh, and back for Anaheim as well. I mean, they're building something here in a nice young core. Uh, Greg Cronin, to me, is a huge coaching upgrade from Dallas Aikens uh, as well. So um, I'm not taking Anaheim like I did against da uh, Carolina because Dallas is off a loss, so they should be focused here. But Anaheim's going to have some value at times in this spot, and I think they're going to probably play a pretty good game again tonight. Will it be enough to win? We'll see. I'm not betting them like I did against Carolina, uh, but I might look at the over here in this game because I think Dallas will get some offense going here against Anaheim. Anaheim's still, you know, room for improvement, work in progress in their own end. Uh, and uh, on the flip side, I do think Anaheim can chip in a little bit here offensively. Certainly they were able to do that at home on Sunday, six goals uh, against Carolina. So a little bit on the over here for me. Uh, Alex, uh, Stars, Ducks. Yeah, if I had to play anything, uh, Sider totally would be looking toward that over. I could see where the just goals would kind of go back and forth. But one thing that really stuck out with me is Frank Vitrano. Uh, just kind of watching his play, he's a guy I, I would like to take a shot with uh, a goal-scoring prop. And he's right around our bargain bin, which, of course, that'll be coming up later. And this is not my bargain bin pick, by the way. But he's in that range of, of plus 300 at a couple of shops. I think he's worth taking a look. I think uh, his offense is going to get going. And now, like I said, with Carlson being in there in the line, too, he's going to take a, a lot of the spotlight away. I think that just from that rest of that top six, they're going to get more chances because of, of him being, uh, you know, the kind of new flashy piece uh, in Anaheim's lineup. Yeah, I don't mind that. He's gotten off to a nice start. Absolutely here for the uh, Anaheim Ducks talking, of course, about uh, Frank Vitrano. Frank the Tank, as uh, our guy Jimmy Murphy always uh, calls him. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely a nice start. Three goals for him in the first two games uh, of the season. Brian Strome with three points. McTavish is one, too. I think a little undervalued for sure. Uh, Mason yeah. McTavish, uh, he's gotten a nice, uh, gotten off to a nice start. Uh, you can take and uh, Zegras. I would be careful with Zegras. Zegras, it's going to take him some time. You know, he's two games, no points. Remember, no training camp for him because of that stalemate he had with his new contract. So he's a little bit late, you know, in getting up to game shape, game conditioning, all that with lack of training camp. So it might take Zegras uh, a little bit of time. But, yeah, McTavish to get a goal, plus 370, assist, plus 275. You mentioned it, Vetrano is at plus 310 at DraftKings. So really good price there on Vetrano to uh, find the uh, back of the net. Uh, what do you think here, Jordan, with Dallas, Anaheim? Yeah, I don't have much on this game i think dallas is obviously a better team but at that line is just it's too much to take for for that particular situation i think you know with anaheim with gibson and net um there's that there is that drop off between him and dostal although dostal played really really well in that win um, you know i think they'll they'll have solid goaltending so i don't think dallas will get away from it. i think you know, they probably take it, but it's just too, too much of a line to um, to lay that kind of money, given that, you know, it could surprise you. I think Zegras with a slow start and, and Carlson coming in could give a little bit of a boost, obviously, but I think he has been injured too, so he doesn't quite have his feet under him either. So, you know, I don't think that line brings as much punch as they normally would, but, um, you know, I think they don't have too, too much on this game, to be honest. I'd be one of the ones I'd probably pretty much stay away from tonight. Yeah, on the Dallas side, with Hints too, I'd be careful because Hints is working his way back. He didn't look like he was at, you know, full flight the other night against Vegas. 
in his first game. So, uh, again, definitely uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, in fact, you know what? With Dallas, it's tricky with their props because no one's really jumped off the page early in the season. You know, Ben's got a goal. Pavelski's got a goal. But no one's really dominated here in their first two games. So, you're going to have to maybe, you know, go smaller across the board. And if you bet multiple guys, players in terms of their props, but maybe look a little smaller uh, as far as the amount, uh, because definitely they've had uh, a little bit, uh, they've had multiple guys that have played well, but nothing, nobody's really been, you know, dominating offensively here early on for the uh, Dallas Stars. All right, Carolina and Seattle. We've got Carolina minus 140 road favorite, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Carolina continues this uh, West Coast road trip, uh, which started in L.A. for them uh, and resulted in a 6-5 shootout win for against the Kings, where they had the big lead early, and Copley was horrendous early in that game, spotting Carolina a big lead, and then L.A. roars back, forces uh, overtime in a shootout, and then um, Carolina survives, though, with the uh, shootout win 6-5. Uh, after that, they have the tough spot in Anaheim, where they lose 6-3 to the Ducks, uh, and then the last game against San Jose, man, it looked like they were in a battle with San Jose for a while. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, it was a situation where the um, San Jose Sharks just, uh, and Mackenzie Blackwood, as I said on uh, X the other day, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is uh, rem rem remembered finally. He's not Patrick Waugh, not Marty Brodeur, um, you know, not uh, Bernie Perrant, Grant Fuhr, you name it, but that he is indeed Mackenzie Blackwood. As the floodgates opened in the third period, uh, and the uh, Hurricanes ended up winning 6-3. to three. Four goals unanswered for Carolina in that third period. We'll see uh, if he is able uh, to uh, keep it going or bounce back tonight. Actually, he won't because it's Kockanen, uh, who has been confirmed in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight. Kockanen will get the start. We don't have confirmation who's going to be in net yet for uh, Carolina. Keep in mind, Freddie Anderson has ended up on the uh, injury list day-to-day uh, -day. Uh, due to he took a, a puck off the mask uh, in the uh, game against San Jose the other night. So Antti Ranta had to come in. Uh, and there is no telling that um, Anderson will be available uh, just yet. So we might see a, uh, Antti Ranta here in net for the uh, Hurricanes tonight uh, in this game. Seattle, look, it's been a rough start. There's no doubt. They are 0-4 to start the season. The offense has just not gotten anything going. 1-0-1-1. Those are the numbers for the uh, Kraken uh, in their first four games this season. That being said, the Colorado game was the, they generated a lot. The chances were there, including some really, really good ones. And Georgiev made the save and stopped those chances each and every time. But they're, they're getting closer. They're getting closer to having some offensive success. I'm taking a shot tonight with the Kraken team total in this game. It's two and a half, it's minus 130. Uh, Carolina has not found their defensive game yet. In fact, Carolina has allowed three goals to their opponent in every game. San Jose scored three. Anaheim scored six. L.A. scored five. Ottawa scored three. So Carolina has given up at least three goals in every game this year. They have not played that typical, terrific, stellar Carolina defense like we normally see under Rod Brindamore. I think for Seattle, I saw like baby steps of progress. They still only scored one goal, but they had 38 shots. I think they had the most amount of quality chances I've seen them have all season. And I think now over two and a half in this game with their team total. I'm going to take a shot on that. I don't trust them to win the game, but I'm going to take a shot on their team total here with Seattle uh, over two and a half. Alex, what do you think here? Carolina, Seattle. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been just very distressing with Seattle. This is a team that I have backed really highly, uh, you know, over these last couple of years, or, or not just the last couple of years, but certainly in these last couple of games, just having the just kind of, uh, you know, looking to see where things are going to turn around. Where is the, the offense going to pick up? Where is the, you know, this just solid kind of just uh, pace of play? And that's been the biggest issue, right? I think for this last game against Colorado, they just weren't able to kind of, you know, get a pace rolling. Colorado wasn't necessarily doing a whole lot on offense late in that game. And, and it seemed like, you know, but Seattle just wasn't taking advantage of what was given in front of them. Kind of like what I was talking about Philly and Vancouver. The same deal where it's just, okay, two teams are just kind of playing this kind of stalemate and no one's really making a big jump. Carolina is that kind of team where if you leave that much time and space, even though this could be a bit of a, of a, a letdown spot, They've always had success in California, as we talked about. They've won, what, eight of the last 11 meetings against uh, teams in California. Now going uh, further north, maybe it, it changes something a little differently. Maybe they just get a, a kind of different sense of feel. I don't know. But this is one where I would definitely be looking toward the draw here. Like I said, it's a big card, so nothing in this game is official as of now. I might look to add it later. Uh, this was this is my Stanley Cup final preview, uh, you know, when we did, when we did the, the, uh, the preview show. So uh, it'll definitely be one I'll be watching, but I might wait a little bit to, before I'm betting anything. And like I said, can't back Seattle, trust Seattle right now. They got to show some some more effort and, and some better offensive spark and energy. And they're missing some offensive sparks right now. There's no doubt uh, with their uh, team struggling, no doubt to put the puck in the net. And by the way, Sebastian Ajo uh, missed the San Jose game the other night, late scratch, day-to-day, questionable tonight. If he doesn't play, that means you target Tara Vinen, Marty Natchez, Stefan Nason, your guy, Alex, back up to the second line, and he scored against San Jose. Maybe a little Stefan Nason props yeah. as well once again tonight for uh, Carolina. Uh, but those are definitely uh, some props to look for. Those are the three guys, really. Uh, Tara Vinen, Natchez, and um, uh, Nason maybe as well, uh, if indeed Ajo is a no-go tonight once again for Carolina. What do you think here, Jordan? Hurricanes and Kraken. Yeah, interesting game because you would – would think you know later season this would probably be a low scoring game just due to Carolina being so defensively and you know the way that they play but they haven't looked great defensively early and you know Seattle hasn't got going yet they scored pretty decently you know by volume last year by committee definitely but um you know this could be the game where they could kind of break out it might be one of those ones where you you know sit on the first five minutes of the game or first 10 minutes see how it goes and then you know, if there's chances back and forth, maybe on that uh, the live goal pushes down below six and and see if these two teams can get going. Carolina continues to be pretty porous defensively, and, you know, maybe Seattle gets going. They did have a, a nice game against Colorado the other night. I, I watched the majority of that game. I, I mean, I benefited from it because I had Colorado in a couple different scenarios. Um, but, you know, they took the play to them for a long time, and they did have chances. Um Gorgiev was great, and you know Colorado just was opportunistic at the at the, the runs. But you know Seattle carried the long stretches, and they had good chances. They moved the puck well on their power plays. I had some nice looks. It just uh, you know didn't quite materialize for them. Um, I'll have to see how it kind of starts off for me. But you know, one of those games early in the season that's it, it's a tough bet just because of these two teams aren't you know playing characteristically like they normally would be. 
No doubt about it. I like the Vince Dunn prop, point prop, but you could even go better than that, plus 175 for an assist prop. You know, the point prop is plus 130. Assist is plus 175. I think it's even better to take the assist prop because most of his points are assists. You know, he doesn't score a ton of goals. His two points this year are assists. So definitely, I think, even better value done assist prop. For goal prop, it's got to be McCann. Jared McCann's going to be the guy they lean on uh, offensively for Seattle to get out of these doldrums. So I would look at that. And I don't mind that either from our guy Cuban Wayne Gretzky in the uh, chat, Seth Jarvis. Jarvis, Teravine, and Natchez and Nason yeah. become the big targets for props for Carolina, especially if Ajo doesn't play uh, in this game tonight. All right, here we go. Da, 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 this is your ESPN game uh, here tonight. Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Colorado minus 350 home favorites here. Six the total uh, in this game. This is not the price range I'm comfortable betting against Chicago right now. Uh, they have been feisty. They have been scrappy. The work ethic. I love Luke Richardson, though, by the way, and how he's got this yeah. team working uh, right now. This is a guy that I think has got potential to be a damn good coach in this league. I said it from the beginning, uh, and we're really seeing it now. How he's got this team, they actually are playing with some structure. I will say that. And that's, you know, we haven't seen that consistently from a Chicago team uh, defensively for a long time. And they do have some injuries, too, including Kurashev in particular. Uh, but they've been able to navigate it. Uh, and be able to compete very hard in these games. Think about the games so far. They beat Pittsburgh, upset the Penguins on opening night. They give Boston everything they can handle, even though they fall short. Montreal, they're right in that game. They upset Toronto. You know, they have been in every single game, the Blackhawks, this year. And this is with Bedard just with the one goal so far. And they've been doing this. So wait until uh, number 98 gets rolling uh, here for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So this is a tricky spot for Colorado. They're off that big game. They circled it, triple circled on their schedule playing Seattle. You know, the team that knocked them out of the playoffs uh, when they beat the Kraken the other night. Now you come home. Uh, it is, I believe, for Colorado, the home opener for them uh, here tonight against Chicago. Uh, that Maybe that gets them going. But at this price and with the way Chicago has just been working their rear ends off to begin this season in games, you could do worse than taking a shot with Chicago here at plus 280. Uh, in this game it's a big not if you're to be safer if you if you don't fully trust colorado to or, or chicago rather to win the game you can go with the puck line and the puck line is reasonable it's plus one and a half plus 120 for the chicago blackhawks for plus one and a half goals uh, on the puck line uh, in this game and that might be a great thing to consider as well because they've they've lost a bunch of one goal games in a lot of their losses so far this year so they've been in every game it's not the greatest, you know, spot for the abs. Chicago has been competitive. Peter Morozik, by the way, has been confirmed in net for the uh, Blackhawks uh, in this game. We're still waiting on the Colorado goaltender. And the longer it goes with no confirmation, the more I'm wondering if we're going to see Georgiev tonight. We may not. Uh, and uh, it might be a Ivan Prosvetov night uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And there is a drop-off, make no mistake about it. When you go from Georgiev's had a terrific start to the season, he's a big reason why they beat Seattle because they got outplayed by the Kraken. Georgiev was great. If it drops off down to a Prosvetov tonight, that's a big decline and could make Chicago live here in this game tonight in the Mile High City. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Chicago, Colorado. Yeah, if you know, uh, like I said, the start time on this game, uh, 8.30 
Central, 7.30 Mountain, and it's a little bit later, like I said, because it's opening night, they're gonna, there's going to be a bit of a ceremony. Also, there was a conflict. 9.30 Central, 8.30 Mountain. Oh, right, 9.30 Central, right. Forget right. So, yeah, there was a conflict with TV, but there's also the ceremony. So, it's going to be a little bit of a later start. And Someone mentioned, yeah, the Haw uh, Hawks have been home wreckers. They've been in these spots already so far uh, with these, you know, home openers. They, you know, dealt with it, you know, in, in Boston, uh, dealt with it in Montreal. They're going to have their own on Saturday. So, They've been in this spot uh, a couple of times, right? Pittsburgh. So they're not phased by that. If anything, they, they would know how to get off to a hot start. Colorado might be the team that could come out a bit sluggish in that. But you mentioned Peter Morazic, 4-1-2 in his career, and eight starts against Colorado with a 1.5, a 6-9 goals against and a 9.41 save percentage. So that's uh, a spot here where definitely, uh, you know, we can back Morazic. The way I'm going to play this is I'm still waiting for that confirmation for Colorado. As of right now, I have bets on Connor Bedard to score a goal plus 200 for a half a unit. And I also have a shot here with uh, the Blackhawks plus one and a half, plus 120, as you mentioned, on the puck line. I will be adding the full game uh, uh, money line if Prosvitov is confirmed for Colorado. I definitely think this is a spot where the Hawks can come in, play spoiler, and get the, the big upset win on the road. Yeah, and like I said, they have uh, shown the propensity to do that. Pittsburgh and Toronto. Uh, two huge upset victories as big underdogs already, both on the road as well. Uh, does that happen potentially here tonight? And like I say, if you're not, and I'm, I agree, I sprinkled a little on the money line and a little on the plus one and a half, plus 120, uh, a little on both. Because I, I do think there's, this could be one of those, you know, one goal losses. And we've already seen, you know, this from Chicago this year, the one goal losses. But uh, I definitely think this is not the best spot in the world for Colorado coming off that ultra satisfying uh, you know, win against the uh, Seattle Kraken, uh, of course, uh, the other night. So uh, worth a shot. Connor Bedard, by the way, point and goal props might be worth a look, but especially the shots on goal. He keeps going over his shots on goal. He keeps getting four or five or more shots every game. And I say you keep riding that until there's an adjustment made uh, as far as that shots prop for number 98, Connor Bedard. Uh, Jordan, what do you think here? Chicago, Colorado. I mean, the are looking like kind of you know possessed right now like they you know they're kind of back in after last year's disappointment and i think they're they're getting healthier minus landeskog it's good to see nachuskin back he's a big kind of underrated part of their offense there um you know it's a really big line i think i'd stay away from the line itself but you know depending on the colorado goaltending situation like you said um their backup may allow for a little bit more from Chicago. So, you know, the total's not too bad. I think even though the line will be big, I would target something uh, with McKinnon. He's a extremely competitive individual and, and much like Crosby the other night going up against Bedard, I think, you know, circles games like this on, on a day that he's going to have something to prove out there to just to let the kid know that, Hey, I'm still one of the big dogs in this league. And, you know, if you want to be a superstar, you kind of got to come through me. So I think he'd be a guy to target on on some props, even though, you know, obviously it'll be a little bit steep, but I still going to have a big game for Colorado. And I think that, you know, that combined with maybe the backup goalie, I think um, the total could be could be an over and, and something on McKinnon on the side. All right. Yeah. McKinnon. And uh, by the way, Jonathan Drouin to get a point is something I've been rolling back and over and over again. And I think playing on that top line, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, he's got confidence and he remembers playing with McKinnon in the junior days with the Halifax uh, Mooseheads. 
uh, I think he definitely is playing reinvigorated hockey for uh, Colorado. Uh, we'll see. Again, we're waiting on the goalie confirmation. That's a big component of this. Yeah. Because Prosvitov will make this look on Chicago probably a better one, you know, if he ends up being in net. All right. It's been a marathon show, as we thought, on a day with 12 games. We've reached our final game of the slate. Boston, San Jose, uh, the Bruins minus 280 road favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. Uh, San Jose losing 6-3 to, uh, uh, to Carolina in their last game, 0-3 to start the year. The only reason the, the game against Colorado was close, uh, two to one shootout loss to the Avalanche was because of Mackenzie Blackwood just putting in one of the games you'll probably never see from him again. Uh, in that game, 52 shots uh, he faced, and he turned aside 51 of them uh, in that game. And sure enough, Blackwood finally hit the wall against Car against Carolina in his last start. And rightfully so, uh, David Quinn resting uh, Blackwood after that intense workload the last two games and going back to uh, Capo Kakinen uh, in net tonight for the uh, San Jose Sharks. But, you know, San Jose, they're a team that's going to struggle defensively. We've seen that. Look at the shots they're giving up, 32, 52, and 42 shots on goal allowed. I love the saves prop for Kakinen over. It's my favorite saves prop. They're just giving up a ton of shots. Every single night, San Jose. So Capo Kakinen over saves. I like that quite a bit. Uh, I've been picking off these team totals for teams that play San Jose. And I'm going back to that well here tonight. Boston over three and a half team total minus 135. I think that's a good look. Uh, the Bruins, by the way, they scored four in each of the two games against San Jose uh, last year uh, when these two teams played. Now, the Bruins offensively without Marshawn and Krejci, there are questions about will they have to get more scoring and by committee you can't put it all on Pasternak and Marshawn all the time but I think in this game here you're going to see some of their depth forwards be able to step up and contribute San Jose, San Jose has just given up way too many quality chances way too many shots against Boston should be able to take advantage of that so the, the main bet here for me is Boston team total uh, over three and a half uh, minus 135 here uh, in this game uh, what do you think here Alex Bruins Sharks yeah, this game works out nicely, too, with the timing. I'll be listening to it on the radio while watching the Hawks game. I'm just going with the first period over. One and a half, you can get a minus $1.25, minus $1.30. I'd be going and lay this one quick. I think Boston can maybe jump out and get a, a, a edge on Capo Cockney. Like you said, uh, looking at that saves prop makes a lot of sense. Boston should be hot and heavy with it. I think we see at least two goals in that first period. So I'm just sticking with that. Yeah, no question uh, about that. I think it's definitely uh, worth a look. It's a good uh, night to maybe look at a, a couple of uh, props involving the uh, Bruins here so far. I mean, Marshawn and Posternock are obvious choices. You know, great opportunities probably for both of them to be able to uh, contribute offensively against what we think is a, a weaker blue line. Uh, a goaltending we don't trust with Kapo Kakinen. Uh Posternock already has three goals, assist four points this, this season. How about two goals for uh, JVR? James Van Riemsdyk, as uh, Don Cherry would call him, James Van Beesbrook uh, here for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, absolutely outstanding uh, start to the uh, – that's one of the best ones he had in terms of just getting the names mixed up. Uh, James Van Beesbrook. You know, I'll never forget when he, when he said that. But, yeah, JVR's off to a nice start. A little fountain of youth here uh, for JVR with his new team, the Boston Bruins. Two goals. I'd take a shot with him. Why not? He's feeling it. Two goals in the first two games. We know he's going to be set up in his office right in front of the net. He scores so many of his goals there, plus 230. Pretty good price. So uh, good options there as far as uh, JVR for Boston tonight. 
Uh, Jordan, what do you think here for this uh, final game on the card, Bruins and Sharks? Yeah, I do like that Boston team total. And, I mean, shot pretty much anyone on the Bruins, I would say. The amount of shots that San Jose is giving up right now, they're just – they're not a good team. I don't think they're going to be a good team. I just – you know, they're in tough this season. Um, I think the JVR is a nice mention there. Just, you know, kind of slot in on that power play is a, is a nice spot for him with, you know, distributors like John and Pasternak there and, and McAvoy, a guy who, you know, is a shooter, gets a lot through from the top. I think JVR down at the bottom has a lot of opportunity on that power play to be successful. Um, you know, I think if I were to go way out on a limb for, for one prop, I would say it would be actually Kevin LeBanc to score for San Jose. Um, I read today that he was about on waivers and then they made him back and, and he's going to make his season debut tonight. So usually when funky stuff happens like that to guys, for some reason, it, it works out for them. And I think, you know, as a guy that can score when given the opportunity, got a nice shot. Um, I think, you know, for him, just the right amount of uh, kind of odd situation to get back in, make your debut, and and maybe give you know the boys a little bit of a boost here. I think I might sprinkle a little bit on him just to kind of find a way to to in a in a weird situation, full scores, find a way to do that, and and I think for him it'd be a nice start. Get him back. That's a very interesting angle, and it makes sense. And you've been in the uh, dressing room before, Jordan. You know the team dynamics and how things can work. And I've seen this before. You know, the team looks like they've cast you aside, uh, and then all of a sudden you end up back, not only back with the team after the waivers uh, placement, but then you're in the lineup tonight for the first time. And it looks like they're playing them on the uh, second power play unit, uh, according to the latest lineup combinations. And he's going to be on the second line with Thomas Bordalo. And here's one to consider too, for uh, San Jose, uh, as far as a prop goes, Philip Sedina, man, this guy was a very highly rated prospect with Detroit. It didn't pan out there. He didn't produce the way they thought he's gotten off to a great start. He's got goals in multiple games for San Jose this year, Philip Sedina, so he, there may be someone to look at as well, but I like that angle with LeBanc. Plus 500, by the way, he is to score a goal tonight at uh, BetMGM, DraftKings, uh, among other places. So that's a good, that's a that's a solid angle right there. I could I could see him being fired up tonight, getting an opportunity, second line power play time as well for San Jose. I like it. Great call, great find there, Jordan. There you go. Jordan came yeah, ready. Yeah, that's man. nice. Kind of happened the same with Connor Garland from Vancouver there. All of a sudden, you know, the story comes out about his agent, you know, being offered to to look for a deal for him. And then, you know, they throw him first out there the first scored. night. He scores the first goal of the game for Vancouver. First goal of the season yeah. for them, I think. So it happens like that, right? You you get that kind of weird yeah. juju going. So I think, you know, if I was to do anything, I think it would be something like that for LeBanc because he has proven in the past that he can score. Um, his consistency is a bit of an issue. You know, he is a shooter and he knows how to find the net. So if they're going to give him an opportunity in his first game and not, you know, bury him lower in the lines, I think if they're going to give him some real opportunity here, he, he might be able to get one. Wow, that's a really good angle. I, I'm, yeah, it so, it's yeah. so good. I'm going to bet a little bit of it, actually. LeBanc, uh, plus 500 uh, here to uh, find the uh, back of the net for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Great stuff. Uh, tremendous yeah. show. All 12 games. 
we're trying to keep it to 90 minutes uh, on these days when we have these huge cards, but sometimes it's just too much to say. We go a little bit beyond that, but we appreciate everyone. 340 uh, live yeah. viewers right now. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Thank Make you. sure you do that. Show the appreciation. Uh, all the analysis from me, from Alex, and Jordan Henry, man, our guest. We're going to have to get him on a bunch more times. This was outstanding. Definitely. This guy was yeah. prepared. He was ready. He got great insight, great Great, like plus 500 on the bank. The angle makes sense to me. Uh, he came ready, and you can tell he's serious yeah. about this shit, you know, just like <laughs> we are. So, uh, Jordan, phenomenal a debut uh, for you here on the Ice Guys. The Ice Guys family plan, we want to mention it, Nine ninety nine yeah. US per month. Uh, check that out. Hit the join button, uh, and you'll get a, a access uh, in the community tab to our exclusive content, daily betting card, player props, you name it. We've been doing very well. Uh, with uh, it so far, especially the last couple of days. So again, check that out. We're going to have video content and the impromptu betcasts on the way throughout the season as well, exclusively for our Ice Guys family plan, YouTube channel subscribers, $9.99 US per month. Make sure you join and check that out. And of course, the store, we've got a lot of new merch coming, new gear, uh, new types of clothing. We've got the Skinner shirts that we showed you yesterday. <laughs> check out the store, the new merch, hot off the presses. Yeah, absolutely. To find the link for the new store, uh, we have that up on our X page at the underscore ice guys. And that's also on the family page and the Patreon page as well. Don't forget about that. Coming up on Monday, Chris Otto's first period charts will be there. We'll have the full set of them uh, on that first run. I'll also have my updated power rankings. Ian will have his power rankings updated as well. So don't forget about the Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash ice guys, but definitely check out the store. We've got the new merch over at the secondary store, but the primary store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We still got five days left of free standard shipping over there. So we've got all the regular t-shirts and, and hoodies and different things, all the, the baby stuff and, and, and stuff. We got a huge list now between the two stores. So uh, shop at your heart's desire and to help support the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Great gear. I'm going to uh, look into it, too, because I've, I've just got the hoodie and we've got to add to the collection uh, as far as uh, Ice Guys gear uh, is concerned. All right. Before we get to best bets, of course, everyone's favorite segment, Bargain Bin Special of the Night. Uh, Jordan, you already uh, I think I might I know where you might be going with this, but what the Bargain Bin Special of the Night is. We pick our favorite goal score prop or really prop of any kind player prop that is plus 300 price or better. So it's that's why we call it the bargain bin special. We really look for value. Uh, we've hit a bunch of these already uh, this season. Uh, I'm going to give you one from the Toronto, Florida game. I hinted at it earlier without totally giving it away. Uh, and I'm going to mention it tonight. He's moved up to the second line for Toronto. They want to get him going offensively. He's playing with Tavares and Nylander on the second line. And we know he's capable. And he scored his first NHL goal against this team in their second round playoff series last year. I'm going with Matthew Nyes for the Toronto Maple Leafs, plus 500 at FanDuel to find the back of the net tonight. That is my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, what do you have? I'm going with one you identified in that Vegas Winnipeg game, going with Adam Lowry. Like I said, the captain can make it happen. Get him at plus 475. He scored four goals against Vegas uh, in 12 regular season games. He's also scored another four goals against them in the playoffs uh, in that series last year, including a, a game one where he had two goals. So he's definitely been hot whenever he sees uh, gold. So let's go with Adam Lowry plus 475. That's my bargain been special. There we go. Adam Lowry, Winnipeg Jets, plus 475. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned Kevin LeBanc at San Jose. 
uh, plus 500 with that angle. Do you want to stick with that as your bargain bin special of the night? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be my guy. I think there, I think, you know, that kind of went right into this segment here. I think, I think that's a guy that I'm going to target on something that's a, a real good value and, and guy that's probably got a chip on his shoulder now. So look for him to get some opportunity and chip one in for them. All right, there you go. So three bargain bin specials on this Thursday edition uh, of the show. And we wrap up the show now with best bets. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, I got a lot to come through because normally I don't have this big of a card, but we are going to go with Coyotes Blues. First period over minus one and a half or minus 130, I should say, uh, over one and a half goals. This is a, a great spot. Ten of the last 15 meetings have gone over uh, one or uh, two or more goals in that first period. And like I said, this is Joel Holfer, a goaltender we don't really trust. Connor Ingram, who's shown some flurries of brilliance at times, but you know, it's still kind of a, a mid-range to below average goaltender. I think we see goals here early and often. So give me the Yotes and the Blues. First period over one and a half minus a dollar thirty. That's my best bet for the night. All right, there we go. Um, that is uh, Arizona and St. Louis uh, over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jordan Henry, awesome job. We'll get you back on the show definitely a few more times at least uh, this season. But what do you like tonight for uh, best bet? I think my best bet's got to be a first period over as well. I think it's going to be Calgary-Buffalo. I think teams are, are due to put up some goals, and I think, you know, with Calgary involved, it, it usually gets started early. So I think that's going to be me um, over 1.5 in the first period here for Calgary and Buffalo. All right, excellent stuff. Jordan Henry, Calgary-Buffalo, uh, over one and a half first period uh, for his best bet for this Thursday card. Uh, my best bet, um, I'm going to go to Tampa Bay down there and take the Vancouver Canucks. Um, like, I've got them first period. I've got them full game, and I've got a little on the team total. I'll just go ahead with the full game, uh, Vancouver Canucks, on the uh, money line here, uh, which is at uh, plus 115 uh, at Betway uh, is the best price right now with that. Not a happy Rick Tockett after the Philadelphia game. Tampa Bay struggling. I know they got Stamkos back tonight, which will help, but they're struggling mightily. They haven't won since their opener against Nashville to begin the season. Uh, I like Vancouver in this spot. Plus 115, Vancouver Canucks against the Tampa Bay Lightning for my best bet. Great stuff. Uh, Jordan, great first, de great debut uh, from you here on the show. Any uh, last words before we wrap up? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was uh, it was fun to talk about this stuff. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit new to the scene, I guess. I've only been, you know, betting on, on sports for – you know, probably three years or so fairly consistently is my my main bet just because I'm more familiar with it and it's on at the right time for me, right? I've got two young kids myself, so I don't get too much football in on Sundays. So I gotta stick to stick to hockey and what I know too um about some of the guys and about being around, you know, with it. I think there's some intricacies there that you can you can use. So, you know, I really enjoy it and it makes those uh Arizona St. Louis games in the middle of December more interesting, right? You uh you get something on it, you it makes You're it right. Definitely. To watch sometimes because it can those games in the dog days can get a little tough first team. So, you know, it makes it a little bit better watching as well. So I appreciate yeah, you I mean, those, me those, Absolutely. Yeah, those San Jose um, Montreal games, yeah, they're, they're gonna be difficult, yeah, when you see them on the uh, schedule. Uh, two teams that you know aren't gonna be that great. Uh, but you're right. You place a few bets on that particular game 
And all of a sudden, you know, it puts a little more, uh, it's, it puts more energy in you uh, actually to follow the game and, and watch it. So uh, no question uh, about that. And like I said, you brought so many different good uh, insights and angles uh, on the uh, show in your first appearance. So we'll get you back on for sure uh, throughout the uh, season. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Reminder, we've got our first live betcast of the yeah. NHL season, Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. We will be going through most of the night. It's a special night. All 32 teams are playing. Uh, and, of course, staggered start times throughout the night. We're looking forward to that. Uh, again, if you want to join us on the BetCast, just DM me or Alex, and we will make sure we get the link to you before the BetCast on Tuesday night. We are looking forward to that, uh, no doubt. Absolutely. And and just quick programming notes. Of course, you know, on Mondays now, until college football season ends, our show will start at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 yes. p.m. Central. But on Tuesday, to fit in the long card, because it's going to be a, at least a two-hour show with all 32 teams in action, we will actually be starting at our weekend time of noon Eastern, 11 p.m. Central. So it's a lunchtime episode. It's going to run about two hours, and we're going to try and get the card and the uh, podcast up immediately after, so everything will be ready and fluid for that evening, because that's going to be a long night. No doubt. So noon Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Central, Tuesday. Uh, for the uh, Ice Guys show with all 32 teams in action. Uh, there we go. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. Uh, and make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith and for our guest, Jordan Henry, uh, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.